Welcome to Impacting Jamaica, where we shine the spotlight on the many but often ignored positive happenings, activities, projects, and investments at every level across every sector to inspire, motivate, and excite people everywhere. Impacting Jamaica is powered by the Philip and Christine Gore Family Foundation. My name is Keisha Hill and welcome to Impacting Jamaica. Professor Denise Eldemeyer Sherrill has continued to show an immense propensity for hard work on behalf of the elderly. She is patron of the National Council for Senior Citizens, a director of the World Health Organization's Collaborative Center on Aging, and chairperson of the Caribbean Community of Retired Persons. Professor Eldemeyer Sherrill, Thank you so much for joining us on Impacting Jamaica. Thank you too for having me. As a researcher, your work on aging is respected the world over, with notable publications on society's appreciation or lack thereof for the aging, as well as even more taboo topics like sexual health and the mental health of the elderly. Why is it important to mold the minds of a new generation of Jamaicans and teaching them the value of caring for the elderly. I think we now recognize that aging is part of our life cycle. We've always accepted that the child becomes the adult, the adult goes into midlife. But prior to the last 30, 40 years, we thought of being old as being in the departure lounge and not going to be around for long. Now we know that once you get into the official age of aging, which is 60 and over, associated with retirement, there's another 20 years of life. And therefore, we recognize that we have something we need to prepare for. You prepare for adolescence. You prepare for midlife, or you should. You prepare for marriage. So it's about recognizing that aging is a part of life. There are some let's call them special things, peculiarities that come with aging, such as having lived for so many years and therefore lived with the risk factors of illness, whether it be obesity, etc. But most importantly, it's the end of your working life. So there are some preparations one needs to make for these years in as an older person in retirement, such as housing, financial abilities, and as you mentioned, I'm very into the mental health aspects. So it's also about how you avoid loneliness. And we do talk about the sexual parts of life because many of our older people have 40, 50 year marriages, are in relationships. So it's to get across to future generations of older people that the later years are just another part of life. And the later years are also an important part of life because our elderly, uh, they have a lot of knowledge that they can share with our young people. And Correct. many young people, they say, oh, I don't want to get to 60 or 65. And sometimes they make references to the older persons in less than favorable ways and not understand that these persons help to build a society and can impart very valuable knowledge to them to continue continue building on what they have built before. Exactly. And I say to younger people who say that, not simply because I've studied it, but because I have gotten there, there are a lot of things about the later years that are more stable. By then you know you probably bought your house, you probably had your mortgage, you are hopefully in the job, the majority of older people. So there 
there are things about these later years that are better than the younger years when you're struggling with them. Also, we have seen a change in approaches to older people among older people themselves. 1999, we started looking at active aging. Instead of care of older people, which was prior to that, if you look around you, many, we now have over 350,000 older people in Jamaica. Many of them are independent. I mean, physically independent, mentally independent. They actually don't need care from their families. They need love. They need support. But it's no longer about assuming somebody will be bedridden. 92% of our older people are not bedridden. They're, yes, you might need a walking stick. Yes, you may need a hearing aid. Yes, you may need glasses. But it's about living life to the fullest. Well, that is so true. And I also realize that there are many persons who are living past 85. Some are even celebrating their 100th birthday. And they're getting up, even going to the farm. That's right. Right. I read a story recently where there was a lady, 99 years old, and she was getting up every morning and going to her farm. And she didn't need any support in terms of physical support. No, and this is what we have to balance because many, our family size has reduced. Gone are the days when you have six or eight children, there was always somebody to keep you company. We have two or three children now, some have none. And so it's also about social networks, the community, the church group. Who is your closest person to share with? It's not necessarily a child because you don't, even if the child is 50, Many older people don't want to burden children with what they're concerned about. So part of this aging process is about the networks that you build around you and taking personal responsibility for quality of your life. Well, that is so true, and, um, and we're really happy that there are persons like yourself that are looking out for the needs of the elderly because uh, the World Health Organization report on the aging population has said that persons over 60 are set to double by 2050. So right. it is important to help persons to understand the importance of putting in place systems to effectively deal with the increase in the aging population in Jamaica. Through your research, I've seen where some of your points include a reduction of communicable diseases, community right, community-based long-term care, residential facilities, and pension coverage. Can you just expand a little bit more on these points for us? The reduction of chronic disease is critical because you are, when you get to 60, you have set the pattern for your health in old age. So we know there's a certain amount of illness that's associated with our genetics. Um, hypertension has a genetic component. But more than that, illnesses such as diabetes, hypertension are related to our environment, particularly the foods that we eat, the levels of being overweight, and the foods that we eat, you know, the cholesterol-rich foods, the fat. Clearly, smoking is an important risk factor for respiratory diseases in the later years. So it's about one, preventing as much of it as you can by change of diet, increase. All of us drive everywhere now. That's why in 50 years ago when people still walked everywhere, especially in the rural areas, there was not as, as much high blood pressure and diabetes. So what's the alternative? 
taking the steps that work, making sure to walk. Um, but it's also, once you get an illness, managing it properly so that you don't get the complication. So you can get your hypertension, diabetes, heart disease, but you don't have to lose a limb. You don't have to have a stroke, but it's about management since the doctors taking medication. As you mentioned what WHO has said, and I think you mentioned the age 85, important point, because the fastest growing age group in our entire population, much less our older people, is that 80 and over age group. Right. You know, we've had public health measures, we've had social growth. People are living 20, 25 years longer. We have over a thousand centenarians, as you know. So these are areas of concern, and each of us needs to say to ourselves, now what provision have I made? Suppose I do have a stroke, who is going to look after me? You see, old time days there were eight children, so there was always one designated to look after the older person. Right. Now, it, now we have to plan, is your house suitable if you did have a stroke? Is a bathroom downstairs if it's two story? Are there rails? What are, What is your shower like? So it's about preparing for this so that you can maintain as much independence as possible. Right, and as you rightly mentioned uh, earlier, that persons are having less children and some none at all. Exactly. So who is going to look after you? Who is going to help? And who are you going to help? I keep going back to mental health because it's important to have a close friend. COVID has certainly shown us the importance of network. When older people were told to stay at home, suppose they didn't have a friend to talk to regularly. Suppose they didn't have a child that checked on them. So the, and the same thing is going to happen post-COVID. Your children don't have time for you, you know, and that's not a negative. They're building their own lives. They're taking care of children. You need some other form of social and emotional support. Well, that is so true. I realize that many older persons live alone. Right. And many, I and have... And they want to live alone because that's the part of maintenance. But that gives children, and that's glad you brought up that point. That's a vexed point because the older person wants to live alone. The child that really cares, really cares, wants you know, the older person to have to be with them. And the older person doesn't want that because they want their independence. Right. So it's about discussing this. Are you going to let somebody else live with you? Are you going to let a relative come, a church brother or sister come, these sort of things. So it's very important. And you want to plan this. You want to plan this and you want to make sure that your children, your family, your friends know what you want. You don't want to go to hospital with a stroke and have people making decisions for you that you have had no say about. And hopefully you come around from the stroke and you suddenly see changes in your life that one, you don't agree with and two, you didn't want. So it's about discussing these things and making sure somebody close to you knows what you want. And that is where the point comes in about a residential facilities where persons probably prefer home and some persons prefer to go into some of those communities where they have care and they have other persons in their age group that they can socialize exactly. with, right? Exactly. Professor Edmar Shera, as Director of the Mona Aging and Wellness Center, uh, what is the importance of World Senior Citizens Day, especially in Jamaica and amidst the coronavirus pandemic? 
back in our calendar. And it came about when we started to recognize the contribution of older people or the possible. And it was a time to celebrate it. It was a time to look at the art and craft, the various things that our seniors did. When we moved into 1999 and the International Year of Older Persons, as you mentioned, we started to focus on the rights of older people. And it's not, whereas countries have the rights of people, there are rights of older people that are not embodied in the overall rights. Things like long-term care, etc., are not necessarily in there. So it was a chance, or is a chance, to focus on what older people need and what younger people, that 1999 introduced an intergenerational aspect to it. What is it that older people can do for younger people? How can we build the bridges between the generations? How can we maintain the love between the generations? You know, the childcare that older people do, how can we make sure that it is adequate, that it is current? You know, they may have old-fashioned ideas from 50 years ago. Their children may have different ideas. COVID is really one of those because many of the older persons that are 80 now did not immunize children, you know, think about it. All of that came in after independence that children have to be immunized. Well, that's an interesting point. We really didn't know that part. No. So this year in particular, and given what's happening in Jamaica with COVID, the risk that it is to older people, there's a celebratory aspect to this year because for the first time in a long time, certainly in my memory, older people were signaled, were separated, uh, separated early as a focus of interest. And they appreciated this, that persons were concerned that they were vulnerable and included them in special advice. And of course, they were the first priority group other than healthcare workers to get the vaccine. So this is an opportunity this year for us to encourage more persons to get vaccinated. Now that we have targeted older people, we, and with what is happening with COVID now, and younger people getting sick, it's also a time for us to urge the younger people to protect their older family members and their community members by getting vaccinated themselves. So it's a time to celebrate aging, but also to highlight what else needs to be done. Okay, thank you for that information. But what are some of the other ways in which younger people can show their appreciation for their elderly or older relatives? A telephone call, just phone them. Also, find out what would they like. We, in the past, you know, it's about taking them out on an outing, which, by the way, often is church. It, that I came to appreciate that when I was much younger. I asked an older lady what was the best Christmas present, and she told me the drive to midnight service. So it's doing something for them that makes them feel special. The gift has to be appropriate. It may, in fact, be their medications for a couple of months, but it's, it's that sort of thing. And, and just highlighting them and making them feel loved and treasured. So in other words, just... They're, they like or prefer the simpler things, and yes. we can reach out to them, especially in the pandemic. 
I've seen where children can even make cards for their grandparents at home. So instead of going to the store, they could make it. I'm sure their grandparents would feel it even more appreciated that they did it themselves. Exactly. That's so true. And it's something they'll remember. And you know, when we were doing the centenarian celebration, just to, to reinforce what you're saying, you know, we were going to give them a plaque and that sort of thing, but we luckily did a focus group with them first. They wanted a cup that they could pass down the generation. Right. I, I realized that the older folk, they like to keep it simple but memorable. Yes. But I think it's most important thing of Senior Citizens Day is to reaffirm your love and support of the seniors in your life for the year to come. It's not just about the day, but it's a commitment and a recommitment for the year to come. Professor Elmer Shera, thank you so much for joining us today on Impact in Jamaica, and we look forward to speaking with you again as we seek to highlight the positives in our country as it relates to our elderly citizens. And thank you for putting the highlight and spotlight on our elderly people. Impact in Jamaica is powered by the Philip and Christine Gore Family Foundation. If you or anyone you know is involved with projects and activities that excite, motivate and encourage, send us an email at impactinjamaica at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Do join us again for another in the series on Google Podcast, Audible, Spotify, Podcast Addict, and Stitcher. You can also visit us at impactingjamaica.com.